Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Hey Larissa here. Now as a salon CEO, your job is to ensure that your salon reflects your ideal client. And when I say your salon, I mean all of it. Everything from your branding, to your services, to your pricing. But I know that this particular piece can feel tricky, right? So luckily there's a few hacks on how to get the correct pricing for your clients and your salon. And in this episode, I'm talking with Mick Dwyer. Now, Mick is an author uh, and an app developer, a keynote speaker, and today he's going to talk all about pricing. You're in for a treat. He'll let you in on some life hacks about how to match your services up with your clients and tell you why it's all about value. So I'm looking forward to you meeting Mick. Let's dive in. I'll see you on the other end. Hey, Mick, thanks for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Very pleased to have you here. Yeah, right. It's um, really good. I'm looking, really looking forward to this. I really want to get the message out. So it's um, my pleasure. Awesome. All right. Well, let's start with, well, who are you? Where do you live? And uh, what do you do? And how did you get to be doing what you're doing? What's yeah, the story? Did I get to, yeah, long, long story. I'm, I'm not that young, so I've got many lives. I... Uh, <laughs> I um, started um, my business life as a musician and uh, I went to the conservatorium, studied there a little bit and uh, I was also playing sport along the way. And so I was in business from about 15 years old. So I'm, I'm now pushing 64. So uh, it was a long time. And uh, when I, I busted up a knees playing rugby, which is uh, yeah, a normal sort of thing you do, silly, but I took up coaching. I took up uh, women's coaching. It was... Um, I coached rugby and then uh, women's touch football. And in those days, um, I couldn't get any good study anywhere, of course. There's no online things. And I studied through the Canadian Coaching Council and I um, ended up an Australian coach, New South Wales coach, coached the Australian Defence Forces um, over a 20-year period. And it was, it's great. I didn't realise how much that knowledge was going to help me when I finally bought Salon, um, dealing with... Um, elite athletes and women in their sort of 18 to 25 age group was was perfect. It was just absolutely perfect. For sure. Um, yeah. uh, so um, I sort of stopped at about late 80s, but mid to late 80s we bought our first salon. So I carried on from there and I took over the management of that salon. And then so I've been in the industry now probably 35 odd years. I probably can't count that, that well, but it's long enough. So we had 20 years as a salon owner and we had probably uh, at one stage here we had about uh, 25 staff and eight beauty therapists and uh, it, it was a good journey. But we evolved into um, education. But during that time I started working with pricing and, and getting a lot of knowledge. Now, back in those days there was no internet, no email. Um, if you wanted uh, an education you had to go to uni which was pretty well out of most people's reach, uh, or TAFE. Now, um, 
it's uh, so it's basically communication with your peers was really the main um, mm. lesson. And I, over the years, I, I met a lot of um, very knowledgeable, experienced hairdressers. But the common theme that we were struggling with was our pricing. And the industry was very lucrative back then, and you could what you were charging is almost about the same price as you're charging now. And so uh, I, I discovered early that nobody actually knew what they were doing. And they were just basically look, comparing each other's uh, price and, and really not going forward because they had that fear of the unknown. So uh, I developed this on a spreadsheet and then I started lecturing and uh, we developed apps and I've written a book and et cetera. And that's grown over about 18 years. So there's a lot of knowledge in that, in, that um, in, in those products that we've developed. So it's, it's, that's been a real, real good fun, yeah. For sure. So let's talk a little bit about this, like um, escaping the comparison, the comparison pricing model. Yes. Um, like I can see that this standalone is uh, rife for all sorts of challenges and people scratching their heads wondering why they're not profitable. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. So because a, a lack of knowledge on this subject, and I might just say, if you do a, um, a diploma in business management, you don't talk about pricing, which I find astounding. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So it's quite complex, but it's quite easy. And yeah. the fact that, it, that you think it's easy is where everyone goes wrong. But basically, um, the prices are inherited. You sort of buy a business and the prices are set. Uh, you look at the people around you and you see where you are, what are they charging for a haircut? And so it's built on, on, um, on your surrounding market and not necessarily your calculation. And so you don't want to move your prices up because you've gone into that market mode. And I mean, you'd be silly to say that um, supply and demand doesn't um, impact but it has um, a very deep uh, seeding in the hairdressing industry. And then the cut and colour prices have hardly moved in the last 15 years. And I, well, we all know the prices are going to about 4 or 5% a year, or the costs are going at 4 or 5% a year. So we've got to escape this thinking. And the only way we can escape that is to start uh, getting some accuracy and not trying to predict what clients want, but try and predict uh, what they value and give them that value and, and then you can um, then you can move your prices forward it's, um, yeah. yeah it's a scary think, thing yeah. yeah yeah for sure and i think um you know we've just we're just coming out of this sort of uh world crisis of uh covid19 and one of the things that i can see emerging is this different value proposition over the hair and beauty industry. Uh, not so much here in New, well yes, very much here in New Zealand, but for a different reason, because we were closed for seven weeks and how people couldn't have their essential service. But in Australia, it's kind of the opposite journey uh, where hair salons could stay open because they were almost unofficially classed as essential services. Yeah. And so I think for the first time in the industry, maybe, you know, the commercial consumer is valuing what we're doing. Yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Well, look, one of the big things in moving your prices forward is value. It's, um, but people value different things. Like I've got guys that uh, 
where their clients value speed because they're um, on the way to and from work when salons open. You know? um, some people value it for convenience or, or the times you're open or if you're close to it. So the, the secret is to find out what your core clients value and make sure they know about it. And that's, um, that's part of getting this perceived value pricing. You can't build on that unless you know what your starting point is. And so, yeah. yeah, and so it's, yeah, I, I agree exactly with what you're saying. I guess people are starting to focus on what their clients value rather than um, focusing on what the guy down the road's charging and what they think they can charge for a, for a service, yeah. I agree. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about actually basing our pricing on uh, what it actually costs us to run a business. Yeah. Okay, so when you do this, uh, this your cost, it's called cost plus margin pricing. Um, but I like to call it seat time. It's, it's easier to, to conceptualise that. So you're not, um, you're not selling a colour service for a certain value or a cut for a certain value. You're selling the time that the client's sitting in the chair. So if someone sits in a chair for an hour, if you calculate what it costs you to run in an hour, then you charge them that price. Okay, so that's, that's your sort of baseline. And, and that's, how, that's where the, this just becomes much easier. If you look at an accountant's way, they'll probably say to you, well, your colour service costs you more because you've got to add in all these extra products. So you can charge more for your colour service, but you don't have to charge um, so much for your cut because you don't use colours. And the, technically they're correct, but um, in, in business and for easy facilitation of moving your prices forward, it's better if you just have a base hourly rate and you just go, my hourly rate is now $100 an hour. Um, that takes an hour. I have to move my prices to there. And it's, and it's easy for you to get that concept. And, and ultimately, the cost of your colour and colour service isn't much more than the cost of the shampoo and the cut service anyway. So there's not many dollars difference when you really get down to the nitty gritty. So... To do this cost plus margin pricing, it seems like a lot of work and it's easy to make mistakes. But basically you get all of your expenses and take out the cost of retail, and that's one little packet, and then you've got to do some adjustments. Things like wages, you've got to add um, 10% to them for GST. And what, what do you guys have? What's your rate in New Zealand? I don't really know that. 15. 15, yeah. Um, then uh, on um, your, uh, you've got to count your downtime which is another terribly overlooked plot thing. Generally, a salon will run with about 25% downtime. So if you don't add back that cost of downtime to your price, you're 25% under what you need to charge before you even start. So that's a, that's a huge mistake. And so once you do those sorts of things and divide it by your productive hours, you come up with an hourly rate. It's a vastly simplified way to do it, but... Of the explanation, sorry, but that's how it's done. Now, I used to do this on a spreadsheet and I developed this in the early days. Um, and, and I found that having a computer, well, having a computer when we started was impossible because there weren't any. <laughs> there was, <laughs> you had to do it with a calculator on a piece of paper. But um, I mean, there wasn't internet, there wasn't anything like that. So you couldn't get knowledge, couldn't ask for it. But anyway, we built that up. And uh, so now I've put it onto an app and it's really easy because it's in your pocket. If someone leaves, you just change the hours. You know, if pay rates go up, you just change the rates and you can constantly keep on top of that, that margin, you know. And I, I encourage people to add, like, some profit in there and some provision for tax and stuff. But, so once you get that, that's where you need to be. And 
it still astounds me. I do my one-on-one consultation and it astounds me that I'll sit there a whole day with someone and work out exactly what they need and they're really happy and then they'll say, oh, I can't do that. Uh, my clients won't pay that. You know, and like, and it might only be five or six dollars difference, but yeah. But I'll just, I uh, will put something in. Um, if your someone's taking about 10,000 a week, for every dollar that you are under your price that you need, it works out about 10,000 a year. So if you're, mm. if you're cutting color, should be should be uh, 200, and, and then you're charging 150, it's $50 an hour. You know, that's a massive under payment, you know, under charge. So I like know. that little formula because it just brings some reality to the importance of getting this right. And I think mm. um, one of the things that I also uh, see, Mick, is this inability to, one, add your profit margin on, to yep. value ourselves enough that we need to, as yeah. a business owner, as the CEO of our company, actually earn profit as the CEO hat, not just as the stylist or the manager. Um, but also that we can go down such a rabbit hole and we think about Jane, my favourite client, Jane, I can't oh, charge you six more dollars. <laughs> and it stops us from making a business decision with our CEO hat or even our manager's hat, let alone yes. just the stylist hat. And we get, yes. get caught up. And if we really looked at it, it would probably be five or seven clients that we have a block with. Yes, that's right. That's and yet we're yes. letting it, it, when we really, if we really wrote it down, it would probably be a handful of clients and it's stopping us from making the business decision that we needed to do. I mean, do you know? Yeah, oh, no, yeah, absolutely right. In fact, that's sort of going to be one of my business tips in the end. <laughs> it's sort <laughs> of. <laughs> yeah, like business Oops, is sorry. very simple. <laughs> no, 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 it's good. Oh, it's a slightly different thing. But well, I might get a little bit more in depth there. But you're dead right. It'll always be, yeah, but Mrs. Such and Such won't be able to come anymore. Yeah. Well, if you don't put your prices up, she won't be able to come because you won't be there. You know, no. Just, yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, look, yeah, let's so. talk about um, pricing strategies, you know, like getting our price yeah. list right and getting the price, like implementing this. Mm -hmm. like we've made the change. We've decided uh, beyond all a doubt we're, we're dedicated to making a profit and doing this right. How do we put this into place? Okay, so... Getting this strategy right is, is um, you're looking towards a thing called perceived value pricing. So if you look at how we've, you have evolved, you've gotten out of the market, out of the market model, you've got your cost plus margin price, and there is a margin in there, there's a bit of profit in there, but if you hone the target, if you find out who's your most profitable uh, client or the one you can give the most value to, they will pay more for this perceived value. So when you say, right, there's my cost plus margin price, now I want some cream. So I'm going to hone my market to the, to the ones that are the most profitable for me, and then I'm going to charge more for that. And uh, this is where your price structure and your prices come in and how you, how you market things. A lot of people, um, I, I would say more than half the salons that I've worked with personally and with um, in lectures and presentations, more than half of them, do not have any form of price list. And they're quite happy with that. And I get what they're saying to a degree. Mostly it's like a screw up the nose and going, oh, I don't look like a Chinese restaurant or something. Yeah, yeah, they get that idea. So if you turn your thinking about your price list, if you just say to your price list, this is a prospectus for my clients. This is where I get to tell them what I do and how well I do it. 
And on that crisis channel, all those wonderful things about when you're open, your, your skill level, the great things you do in the salon, some nice photos. And amongst that, you put your, your core prices. It might be your cut and colour package or whatever your market is. You know, it might be your express service or whatever it is that generates the most money for you. Because all you really want to do is target those specific people that are making you the most profit. And once you get that call in there, they'll, you'll get a spillover of like-minded people and you'll actually be able to charge more because they, um, they want that value. I'll tell you, I've got a great example of uh, honing a market. I worked with a guy whose salon was on top of a station and he only had a small business, but he would open at about 9.30 and shut about 5. And he said to me, there's no one on the station. He said, except in the mornings and the afternoons, and they all want to go home and go to work. And so he says, I'll just open the salon when it's quiet because I want to do this specific thing. And I convinced him to run a month of opening at 5 a.m. and closing at 9 a.m. and then opening at 5 p.m. and closing at 9 p.m. and not all trading in the middle of the day. And it took me a while to get him to get the gist of it. I bet. But, <laughs> but, but there was another catch. His hour service, we'll call it $50, okay? And he said to me, I said, get an express service, really fast service. And he goes, yeah, that'll be good. Then I'll be able to charge half price and people will come in. And I went, no, you're going to charge $5 more for the express service. At 5 a.m. in the morning... Anyway, he did. Now he's chocolates. He's back. He doesn't trade in the middle of the day. He has two shifts running and all these people rushing there. He's booked out from 5 a.m. Quick half hour, do pay more money, yep. but they're at work. Same coming home. So they're paying more. You could argue they're paying more than double, even though on the price list it's only $5. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and they're paying for that because that's what they want. Got and it's convenient. For them. They're right. So convenience is the market. I, I will tell you an, another uh, friend of mine that I wish to work with that I, I haven't yet is Dennis McFadden. Dennis and I are friends. He has got a wonderful business model, Just Cuts. That's how he started a similar thing. He had a fantastic salon, full service salon, and a lot of his clients wanted uh, cut only. So he opened another salon, cut only, and that of the profit from that eventually took over his full service salon. And that's how that was born. It's a wonderful business model and it targets a certain type of person. Mm. So, mm -hmm. so whether it's you know, women over 50 who want short hair and, and colour or whether it's a guy rushing to work, it doesn't matter. You've got to find the value and just hone it to that. And that's, that's where you build your structure. You don't drop all the, the extras, but you only market the main, the main thing. So your process is to be really quick and simple. You've got to get rid of short, medium and long and all those sorts of things. Cut all that stuff out, you know, and just have that one price. Drive that home to the clients. The simpler it is and the clearer it is, the easier it is for you to increase your prices. Okay. So it doesn't matter if you're quick and express or you're long and boutique. The, the point of the matter is decide who you want to serve, who do you love to serve, what do they actually need, and build a business model around that and then charge the premium because you're now making it super easy to do business with you. That's right. Exactly right. And that's, that's all you have to do because there's plenty, there's plenty of people to go around. The last thing you should do is say to yourself that the client I'm targeting is anyone who breathes. 
Yes, yeah. this is yes, absolutely. This is a mistake because then you're actually not really speaking to anybody. Yeah. And there are hundreds of salons that do half a head of highlights and a cut and blow wave. I mean, like every right. salon does that. So oh, how yeah. is a client going to choose you? That's right. But and the sad thing is, salon owners think they choose on price. Yeah, they but, don't. And then then you're on this race to the bottom. They don't choose on price. There'll be a hundred reasons why, and and they and they'll order it in their preference. So it might be skill, it might be speed, it might be like I said, location, opening hours. You just got to find that. You know? So it, it's, it, it, it's yeah. Go. I was just going to say that. I mean, there's also a demographic demographic of people who will not come to you if you're too cheap. Of course. Oh my word. Yeah. And they and all you've got to do is continually prove. That you can give what you're saying, so that's the trick. It's you know, and uh, I've got to wait for my tip. <laughs> I can't <laughs> jump the gun here. <laughs> yeah, so uh, but that's really is a whole secret. So that's perceived value. So you get your cost plus margin okay. price, tack on your perceived value. Yeah. All right. Good. I like that. Yeah. yeah. You've got to give us the next tip now. I've got to give you a tip now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> business is simple, and I think you've alluded this earlier. You, when you open your business, it's it's emotional. Okay, it's you, you've got dreams, and you you want to achieve things, and they're like basically your personal goals. And this is what you're writing your mission statement, and how you get, how you get, how clients are going to perceive their business. And this is a really important thing, of course. Uh, but there's another page to turn. And that page is your business needs. Business needs are mechanical. Business is actually a machine. Unfortunately, what the machine needs has to be done. And even if it crosses your, your the, the dreams of yourself, you cannot ignore for one second the business dream. And the simplicity of this is every business on earth needs these, these, these things. The first thing is they need a profit must have a profit or it stops uh, yeah and the only thing a business has to do is attract and retain clients nothing else that's it that's business in a nutshell like we've done this in 10 seconds okay you got to make a profit and i the tip i think when i was probably only about 17 or 18 and one of my dad's friends who was a very successful man said i've got one tip for you and he said, you must make a profit at every turn. And I went, okay, yeah. And it didn't dawn on me for a while what he was saying. And I look at um, salons now, and generally they'll make a profit on their, on their colour business, but they cop a loss on their cut and dry. And, it's, and they think, oh, well, they have a colour and a cut and dry and they're all even out. But they shouldn't do that. They should make sure they make a small. It has to be a small profit. They've got to make a profit on their cut and dry, and make a profit on their colour. If they, if every little turn makes a tiny profit, you get a profit. Nothing can drag you down. Say with your staff, or with your staff have to make a profit. And so, once you get that in your head, and then say, all I now have to do is attract, which is fairly easy, by the way. Um, you'll see you'll get five to 20 new clients every week, but your overall client numbers never seem to get higher. So that means you're losing that many as well. So the retention is the trick. 
and the retention is about value to clients. And if you, you know, I, I say the typical salon would have the owner full chockers and the staff not so full and not making their targets. There's two, two reasons for not making your targets. Um, one is probably that those um, stylists may be not educated enough or, or enthusiastic enough to retain the client. But more importantly, they'll never make their target if your price isn't high enough. Mm. Very, very often it's girls aren't performing or, or hairdressers aren't performing in the business. Well, you think they're not, but they are. It's just simply that you need to charge more so they can get That's it. That's right. They can't actually reach that given your pricing point. Now, this is really this is a real challenge because uh, we see this across uh, a big country like Australia. Yeah. And, you know, we've got minimum wages, as we so should. Yeah. But most hair or beauty um, employees are earning quite similar. Yes. But yeah. pricing is so variable. Um, yeah. And what's left in the middle is either yes. team members not being profitable, not making their target and commission, sure. or the business is not, or both yeah. would probably be happening. Because you've got one variable you can't change too much, and that's the wage level. Yes. So if you're yeah. pricing really low, you're never going to be profitable. Never, ever. Yeah, and, and I know that people say that um, hairdressers are fairly low-paid um, business or you know, industry. I really would like to see the wage-to-income ratios for other businesses. And I sort of got this horrible feeling that the wage-to-income ratio in hairdressing um, is, is really, really high. And, and so as far as a percentage of what you generate, uh, you're probably paid highly. We've got to get them generating yeah. more and keep that ratio up. Yeah. So Correct. I, I, yeah, it's, just, it's easy to point the finger and, you know, the boss is not paying me, blah, 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 blah. But you've just got to charge. <laughs> I think it's pretty that simple. Yeah. Must that, yeah. That's yeah. really where it's broken, isn't it, is the yeah. income coming in in the first place. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and people seem to be happy not to make a profit to keep people happy. Yeah, and, and I get it because it is a, it is a, a nice industry. Yeah, I, I really like it. There's nice people. They don't want to hurt anybody. But uh, I, I'd like to maybe turn that a little bit and say that you have a responsibility to your family and your employees and their families and your clients because they want to come to your salon. So by not charging properly, you, you actually are hurting everybody. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, it's, um, yeah I, I think there's time for it. There's no room anymore for people who don't calculate things accurately. It's really, you, you just can't play guesswork anymore. Yeah. yeah. I really just want to pick on that one thing that you said because yeah. I think it's really profound. If you're not charging enough, you can't provide the service that your client actually wants and so she will go away. You think you're doing, yeah. and you've got it upside down because you think you're doing them a favour by charging less but then you're actually not serving them, and so they right. leave. So exactly we need to right. charge more so we can give them what they want. Exactly right, yeah. Oh, exactly yeah. right, yeah. Because it's called business, remember? Yeah. Profit, <laughs> attract and retain clients. If you yeah. want to save the world, you've got to do that after you make a profit. <laughs> yeah. And to retain yeah. them, you have to give them a good service, and you need to be able exactly. to afford to do that. Exactly right. So it all comes down to price. If everyone just worked out what they wanted and moved their prices up, they, they, and not just up in one hit, there's strategies there, yeah. Those strategies, um, you've got to have, if you package things, it's easier. There's all sorts of strategies. I'm going to talk for days on it. 
but it's uh, very, very important. It's very like, uh, I'm going to feel like strangling people sometimes. <laughs> They're their own worst enemy. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think we've hit some really important messages uh, in our chat today. Um, Mick, and so I hope for you who's listening, driving, walking, whatever you're doing, uh, I hope something has got through. And I'm really keen to hear what is your, what's your big takeaway? What was the aha moment for you uh, listening to the conversation that I'm having with Mick right now? Um, let me know. Hop into the group and let, let us know because I think there's some really important uh, core uh, sort of core messages there. Yeah. <laughs> Are you listening? Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Mick. Please let me know what is uh, a business quote or a mantra or something that you live by as a business owner yourself. Yeah, well, I've, I've actually um, when I wrote the book, I, I actually came up with lots of things, and it's really um, it's really sort of um, hard to nail one that's great. But I think the starting point is this, is you only know what you know. You know everything about, everything you know, but you know absolutely nothing about all the things you don't know. So my, my, <laughs> my, my advice off that is do not do DIY. Hire a professional. Mm. That's the way to go. It isn't that expensive. In fact, most professionals charge less than you. You'd be surprised. I think that's a really, okay. really good one. That's probably the most yeah. important one. Yeah. Good. I, I love that. All right. What about um, a resource, a book, a podcast? Uh, clearly, we need to read your book. Mm -hmm. So we'll make sure, tell us the name of it. We'll make sure we put the link to it in the show notes of this. Uh, yeah. Any other resources that you can uh, recommend as well? Um, yeah, apart from our books and apps and your, your podcast. Um, look, I, uh, I've read many, many books over the years. Uh, and... As a, as a startup, I, w I probably wouldn't go straight to things like leadership and motivation, which tends to be the way people like to go. Uh, I think you should get something a bit more industry-specific or small business-specific. So I'd suggest um, Michael Gerber as a general thing, particularly if you're uh, uh, trying to expand your business or that, that sort of thing. Uh, the E-Myth, and now there's two book series got. Uh, start with the E-Myth, and uh, that, that's... Really, it's really inspirational, and, but it's very, very practical. Uh, if you and I think for an industry book, you should go no further than Anthony Whitaker. Um, and he's got some great books that are really specific. And uh, last time I, I actually saw him, he was um, oh, two years ago. He came over for lunch and we um, had a chat. But one thing I can tell you, he's a great hairdresser, he's a good businessman, but he cares. He really cares and he's got a lot of knowledge. So you may not agree with everything in his books, the same with mine or anyone's book, but it's always food for thought. But uh, I really think you can't go wrong if you follow his mantra. Yeah, awesome. All right, we will, we will also uh, link those up. I also, uh, a little birdie told me you had lunch with Michael Gerber. I did, I did. Um, <gasps> yeah, we were at a conference and he was... Um, Wandering around in between his, he was doing a full day gig, really, and wandering around. And I said, "Come on, we'll go get something to eat." And he sat down. We had about an hour and a half. It was really, really great. He, uh, another nice guy, just like Anthony, um, down to earth, but again, very, uh, very um, well read and, and a very good businessman. Uh, I will give one of his secrets away that his book, The E Myth, 
Um, you read it as it's a real person. Uh, it's, it's about half a dozen real people. And his stories are true. So that was something I got out of it. But yeah, very nice man and very good business there. And I think that it's, um, given the conversation that we've had today, um, Mick, around, you know, the model of your business. I mean, at the core, we're talking pricing, but it's actually putting the emphasis back on the business model that we're building and being intentional about what the model is for who it is. And I think that book helps, will really help with that thinking as well. Would you oh, agree? Definitely. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you'll read that. Um, I read it because we were going to, to uh, expand but I think if you read it, and even if that's not in your head, you'll either go, I'm going to do it or I'm not. I think you'll get a very clear yeah. think on that. So it is a, sure. it's an eye-opener, absolute eye-opener. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, lots and lots of food for thought today. This has been a great conversation. I know people are going to come, uh, want to come and stalk you. Where can we track you down? Uh, if you, I think the best way to go to the websites, uh, pricing your services, or on Elite Hair Education, my wife's website, I've got a page on there. And everything's there. I've got phone numbers there and email. Just it, and I've, I have a lot of people that buy the app and go, where do I start? And they just give me a call. So I'm happy to have a chat. Is that, I'm in, in the office most days. Nothing. And I'm doing some um, keynotes for a couple of the companies. So if you see me on the calendar of, of, the, of your supplier, pop along. Uh, they're generally uh, probably 10 to 20 people in the room and we can get pretty intimate as far as numbers and things like that and plenty of time for questions so yeah oh, and also i was going to be a hair expert but i know i am next year so, <laughs> so look at a beauty, beauty and hair expert yeah they've had me there for yes. quite a few years now yeah awesome Great. uh in fact at the time that we are recording this we should be flying to hair expo right now exactly right fact. I would uh, be on a plane and I'm not. I'm here talking to you, which is yeah, uh, just yeah. as good, if not better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for your time today. I do really appreciate it. Right. I love it. Thank you. I hope someone gets something out of that. Thank you. Hey, and that's a wrap. Thank you so much, Mick, for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And I know that pricing can be such a tricky topic, and I know a lot of salon owners struggle with it. So it's absolutely invaluable having you share your wisdom today. Appreciate it. Now, I'm wanting to extend an invite to you, my podcast listeners. And I'd love to know, are you part of my Facebook group? Because if you aren't, I want to invite you to join. Why are you not there? <laughs> now, it is a group of like-minded salon owners like yourself. And we chat regularly about many important topics. I give you lots and tips and tricks uh, that are separate to the podcast inside of that group just like tips that we've talked about today, uh, sneak previews to podcast guests, all sorts of things, get your questions answered. So come and join me in the Facebook group. I'm gonna leave a link for you to come and join in the show notes of this podcast at www.salonownerscollective forward slash episodes. Uh, otherwise, just type in Salon Owners Collective into Facebook and you will find us easy peasy. Look forward to connecting with you again. Same time, same place next week. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. 
but make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.